20 years ago, just over 20 years ago, I was uh, in my car driving to work on my way to work, and I was praying. I know. I wasn't even like following God at that time. But when I was 16 years old, I'd made a deal with God. My grandfather, who was a Christian like, and followed God, he uh, had bowel cancer when I was 16 years old. And he had to have an operation, and it was uh, life-threatening. And I wasn't allowed to go back because I was right in the middle of exams. I wasn't allowed to go back and be with him. It like, upset me so much. But I remember thinking, like, okay, God, like, he loves you. Like, so I'm going to make this deal with you. If you get my grandfather through this bowel cancer operation, I'm going to pray every day. I know, crazy, isn't it? And so it wasn't that I was praying because I wanted to go know God more. I was praying because I'd made the deal. So I'm, I'm, I'm driving and I'm praying, like I knew sort of like knew a few prayers, like I knew, you know, our father, who art in heaven. And it would be like, our father, who art in heaven, how be the name? Like no emotion. It was like, get it out, like quick, let's do it. Let's do it. I'd always do it in the car on the way to work because I wouldn't forget to do it. Then I'd done my work. But, but it was all about, you know, it was just this thing that I did had no real um, attachment or connection for me. So while I'm driving this day, I'm driving along and then the steering in the car locks. What? There's no cars, no other cars on the road. The road is wet. All of a sudden the car just starts to spin. It spins. And you know when, when uh, people say when things like that happen, like your whole life flashes before you? Yeah, it didn't happen for me. But, but anyway, but what did happen, it's like it's all happening really fast, except it's happening slow. It's hard to explain because, but all I remember hearing while the car was spinning around, because I was actually praying at that time, and I, I figured now, now that I think about it, I must have had a direct line to God. <laughs> but, but I remember hearing myself saying, oh God, Help me. Oh, God, help me. And anyway, the car hit something. Every glass in the, in the whole car was shattered and just went flying everywhere. And I remember looking at the bonnet of the car, which was under, just under this barbed wire fence, and thinking, oh, I wonder if I've scratched the car. <laughs> what a crack up. So then I uh, decide, like, wow, I'm going to look. I'm going to get my mobile phone because, you know, obviously I need to ring somebody now because I'm not sure whether I can drive the car. Like, so that's the first thing to do. I'm leaning down underneath the passenger's seat looking for my mobile phone. Over 20 years ago, mobile phones were like this. It was like massive. It's not like they were mobile. It's not like you can put it in your pocket. No, it was this huge thing. You'd think it'd be easy to find. Well, I think everything got a bit shaken in the car, so I couldn't find it. Next minute, I see this guy come to the passenger window. I mean, obviously, there's no window there because it all got smashed. But he, he, he looks in and he goes, get out of the car, get out of the car. I'm going, I'm just looking for my mobile phone. And he goes, use mine, get out of the car, get out of the car. So, so he goes, come out this way. So I climb across the passenger seat and you know, get out. And then I get out and I think, what is all this stuff? What's the stuff all over me like? trying to brush it off and it's sticky. And, that, and then I turn around and I look at the car. The car uh, has smacked into a tree and it would have been right by my head. 
That's why I hit my head on the window, but the, the tree was in the car right by where I was sitting. What? And all over me was like bark and sap. That's why I had bark all over me, my hair all over the place. So that's how close I was to that. I walked away from that with a, like a little bit of a sore neck and a lump on my head. Whoa, amazing. But that changed me. That event changed my life because all I could think about was like, I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. I gotta tell you, when something's about to be um, taken away from you, you really find it precious. You know when you get sick and then all of a sudden you're better and you think, oh, I'm so glad I'm better. Yeah. So I'm like alive. I'm so excited. It changed me because I thought, I want to live my life to the full. It started me asking all these questions like, what am I meant to be doing in this life? What am I meant? But all I knew was I wanted to live this life large. I wanted to live it huge. I wanted to have a large life. So uh, the title of my message is Living Large because things like, had so changed for me. It changed that much that it started me on a journey and a search, which I eventually found God in. From that, from that car accident. So living large, I mean, I used to say that all the time. When I was a teenager, living large for me was like a nice pair of jeans, nomad shoes, and friends. Yes. Then as it went, time went on, a little bit later in my late teens, it was like friends and partying like you. I know you can't believe it, but I was a bit of a party animal. And then, and then when it went on a little bit further, it's like, oh, you know, living large was having a great job. And then a little bit further, it was like having a healthy family. And then it was like owning your own home. So things change all the time. So what's living large for you? You know, wherever you are right now, you've got an idea of what your ideal life is like. What would it be like to live large for you? Is it, is it being successful? Is it having money? Is it owning a nice house? Is it having a healthy family? Is it having happy children? Is it being physically well? Whatever it is, you have your ideas about what living large is like. But the Bible says in John 10.10 in the Amplified uh, Version, which means, you know, there's a lot more words than normal. That's what it means. Like, Like Jesus said, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Jesus came so that we would enjoy our lives, so that we'd have it in abundance, so that it would overflow, that we'd have such an overflowing life that it would overflow to others. That's why he came. You know, we weren't created to have like this small life with little goals and little dreams and little influence. God created us large. He's a God of increase. He's got something bigger in your future. And one thing that I've found that can actually uh, affect the type of life you have is your thinking. You know, if we're going to live a large life, we have to start thinking large. But I know that limited thinking can cause us to live a limited life. When you start thinking like, I'll never afford that house, or I'll never get well because I saw that medical report and it's not going to happen for me. Or you might think, oh, I'll never get that job or I'll never get a better job. Honestly, that's, it's a lie. It's rubbish. It's rubbish. Like start thinking bigger, believing bigger because 
there's untapped potential in you. Now, I know, even when I've said that, there is untapped potential in you, and you watching online as well. Untapped potential. I know right now, that's hitting your heart. You're thinking, yeah, that's me. There's untapped potential in me. There's stuff that I want to do that I haven't been able to do yet. There's stuff that I would love to do, but I don't know how. There is untapped potential in you. Oh my gosh, it's exciting, right? So in Paul in the Bible, like this is the Apostle Paul, was talking to the Corinthians about limited living. So if I could have 2 Corinthians 6, uh, verse 11 to 13. It says, dear, dear Corinthians... I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide, open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives, live openly and expansively. God wants us to have wide, open, spacious lives. He does. And even if he's planned a big life for you, we can limit it by our own thinking. We can live a small in a small way. So don't water down your dreams. Don't water down what God has called you to do. Don't water down everything that you'd want to achieve in life. Don't water it down. In the Bible, there's a, a miracle about catching fish. Like, who likes fishermen, women? Oh, oh, we've got some fishing. Oh, oh, there's lots of them. Have you got your fishing rod in the car, though? Are you a real fisherman? Oh, he doesn't. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> what? So, so it's about fishing. Oh, honestly, I, I can't handle fishing. It's, it's, just, it's just too slow for me. Like, if I don't catch a fish in one minute, I'm over it. Like, get rid of that. Like, let's go to the fish and ship shop. Yeah, awesome. Catch them every time. All right. But anyway, back to the fishing miracle here. Like Jesus had just decided to speak to um, multitudes of people, but from a boat. And it was actually Simon's boat. Well, Simon, whose name later on changed to Peter. So we call him Simon Peter's boat. And he stepped into his boat and he talked to the people. And then in Luke 5, uh, verses 4 to 7, it says, When he had stopped speaking... When Jesus is stopping, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Nets, as in more than one net. Let down your nets. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net, as in one net. And when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and, that, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. They got this massive catch. Now, oh, th- this really got me all curious, because Jesus is in his boat, and he says to him, like, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. Launch out, let down. And I'm sure Simon Peter, where he was thinking like, you're right, buddy. Like, I've been out all night, all night fishing, got nothing, zippo, no fish. You know, I'm the fisherman here. 
you're a carpenter? Like, seriously, don't tell me what to do. Like, I, I'm the expert. I know what I'm doing. I'm the fishing person. Like, how can you, you know, I, I keep my fishing rod in the car. Like, I, I do all those things. I know I'm the expert, and I know how it works. There is no fish out there. Isn't it funny how sometimes we can, we can do that? We think, you know, Jesus tells us something. Oh, you know, you're going to have your own business, or like, you're going to get that job, or whatever. And, and, and like, do you put out your net, or do you say, you know what, I know this, I know all about this, I'm the expert here. Um, no, I don't think I'm going to get that job at all. I'm not putting my net out. Do you see how sometimes we can make the, the, like what God intends for us smaller? We can make things smaller. So, I mean, but the thing is, Peter, even though he's thinking like, yeah, rightio, you're carpenter, like I'm the fisherman, but he still does because he says, nevertheless, at your word, I will put down a net. He could have put down nets, as Jesus asked, but he put down a net because he was thinking, ain't happening. But, however, when he followed the word of Jesus... It happened. The miracle actually happened. So our first thing here, my first, I, I guess my first thought about it is like, you need to align yourself with the word of God. Align yourself with the word. Launch out deeper. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when he did, the miracle actually happened. Simon Peter had to align himself with the word of God, even though there was doubt. Even though there was doubt, he still let down a net. You know, and sometimes that's all we need to do. Give it a go. Come on, like, just put down a net. But hear God and do what he says, and the miracle will happen in your life. Have you, like, you know, when, if someone says to you, like, I, I, like if Jesus, I mean, says to you, I believe that you can get out of debt. Believe it. If he says, you're going to have that house, that house that you think that you can't have, you're going to have that house, or you're going to get that job, or you're going to do that business, whatever it is. If he says that, believe it. Put out your net. Believe it. Believe it. Don't let anything stop you, like what you know, because it's not about how. It's not about how you're going to do it. It's about who. It's about who. Jesus wants you to move. He wants you to move. So align yourself with the word of God because God can open up doors in your life. He can bring the right people across your path. And, and the other thing is the environment. Like if you, you know, see lack or dysfunction or addictions on a regular basis, it becomes ingrained in you, you know, to the point where you think that that's just normal. That's the way things happen. We adapt to our environment. So, you know, like a flea, like as, you know, my dog has fleas, like a flea. A flea is an amazing jumper, incredible jumper. Boom, boom, boom. They, they can jump like 20 centimeters or something, but they're only like that big. Like that's hundreds of times taller than themselves. That's amazing. Hey, that's like me. Like, wow, that's amazing. I'd like to jump like that. Imagine the fleas like getting it on and dunking the ball and the basketball. That would be great. Like that to be able to jump that high. Oh, I'm, I'm inspired by a flea now, but anyway. But, but, so they're a 20 centimeter vertical jumper. But if we put fleas in a jar, like, you know, a flea trainer did this, put fleas in a jar, 
and then we put the lid on. Well, what happens, you know, there's the jar. It's less than 20 centimeters, right? So at first, the flea gets in there and then bonk, bonks its head on the, on, on the lid, right? And comes back down again. And then, but fleas also jump really quickly. They, they, they can jump repeatedly, like 30,000 times a day or something, right? It's like ridiculous. How, so if you do that, he does that a few more times, bang, 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 bonk, 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 doesn't happen. He can't get out. Eventually, the flea will adjust. It adjusts to its environment. So it'll just start to jump just as high as the lid is, like just before it, and then come back down. And then it just starts, it gets used to jumping like that. It doesn't, it doesn't even touch the lid anymore, it just jumps. Now, if they were to reproduce baby fleas in the jar, you know, you've got baby fleas in the jar, those baby fleas are born with a 20-centimeter vertical jump. But guess what? They don't know that because their parents are still jumping to the size of the jar. They don't know that there's unlocked potential on the inside of them. They don't know their ability at all. Even if the lid is taken off, they'll still jump to that. of the. So today, you know, like, have you ever felt like a flea? Like, really, I have. <laughs> what do fleas feel like? Well, anyway, that's news to me anyway. But anyway, but I'm talking about the flea's life, you know, not, not the flea itself. Like, they wouldn't be itchy because they make people itchy anyway. Like, so, but when we allow our environment to dictate what we do, we allow the people in our lives, and it could be our family, our teachers, where we went to school, our circle of friends, whatever it is. When we allow the environment that we're in to dictate what we do. You know, you might have had a dream in your heart like you want to have your own business. But then you, you tell somebody about it who's in your world, and, and it could be your family or it could be a friend. They go, whoa, really? You? Have your own business? Are you joking? Like, no one in your family's ever had their own business. No one in your class at school has ever had their own business. You're too young to have your own business. You're too old to have your, your own business. You're too dumb, whatever it is. You're too... When people in your environment, like, when we let them dictate what we do, when we let them dictate and tell us how much potential we have, whoa, that's something to think about. So right there, so... I'm, I'm thinking quite a few of you have felt like a flea before. Yeah. Like where there's been a lid put on you. And after a while, you've got used to that environment. So when David talked about, when he was up here, he talked about how his thoughts about God, it limited his relationship with God because of the way he was thinking, because a lid had been put on him about how he felt about his dad. See, this is what can happen. I, like myself, like my mum is one of 16 children. So she comes from a huge family. Boom, right there. You know, go forth and multiply, my, my, my grandparents said. But 16 children. But when you have a big family like that, um, they didn't have much. They didn't have much to eat. Like my dad was also from a big family. And my dad actually got fangied, which means he was given to... Um, another family because they didn't have children, like just while he was growing up to, to bring him up so that they, so they, and they, there was a lot of them as well. So he, my dad always used to tell me, you know, when you got your bread, like he, he would spit on it 
on his bread at the table so that no one would steal his bread. Like, whoa. Yeah, I know, my dad still does that now. No, he doesn't. <laughs> He's got plenty of bread. But I remember growing up and thinking, well, I'm holding on to my bread. I mean, <laughs> like, and that's, and that's the environment I grew up in. So it wasn't, I mean, I always, it's not that I, I like, I, I was brought up in a housing commission home, um, you know, so we weren't a loaded family at all. But it wasn't that I never had anything. Like, but, but it was, you know, we were in a low socioeconomic. So to me, that's just the way it was. That's, that's, how, that's how it rolls, you know. That's, that's great. And I remember getting this new job and somebody told me that I could earn heaps of money. I'm thinking like, no, I can't do that. I had all the qualifications to actually do this job. But... My own limiting thinking was that I, I, I wouldn't get that job because I can't earn that much money. Do you see how, like, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not blaming my parents for this. This is after I left home. It's got nothing to do with them. But in my thinking, my own limiting thinking, I limited what position I was in a company for, for ages because I didn't feel that I was able to earn that much. That I, I, but in the end... It was only through uh, someone actually mentoring me who was in that company and speaking into my life that made me realize, like, I can do this. And I didn't realize I was actually doing it anyway. But sometimes you need that, someone to point that out to you. You can't actually see for yourself sometimes if you've been in an environment like that. So, but God wants us to have a full life. He's placed purpose in you. He's placed gifts and talents in you for those purposes. So whatever is going on in your life, and you know it, I know God's speaking to you right now like, oh, wow, you know, I always thought I could do this. Come on, believe it. Believe it. God can do it. He can do it. He can do it. So the first thing was like align yourself with his word, with the word of God, with the Bible. The second thing is get planted in the house of God. In Psalm 92, 13 to 14, it says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Isn't that amazing? Fresh and flourishing. Like, come on, I want to be fresh and flourishing. I want to be planted in the house of God. It's amazing since I became a follower of Christ 16 years ago and got planted into the house of God, how much my life has changed. I am not like I used to be. I am like more how Jesus wanted me to be. Do you know? Because that's what he does. He's placed things on the inside of you. He's placed dreams on the inside of you. He has. Believe it. The best way, though, is to be in an environment, we talked about that, where people believe in you. God believes in you. The people around you believe in you. The people in your group believe in you. Our pastors believe in you. We do. But God believes in you. He loves you. He believes you. So when we face challenges, this is when we got to stay planted in the house of God. Find someone that can help you. Find a mentor or whatever. Like you know, someone that you can talk to that can help you through it. Don't give up. Don't give up. The word of God is powerful in giving you scriptures about purpose, about promise. God has those promises for you. And the third thing is, is to challenge yourself to grow and stretch. Challenge yourself. You know, when it comes to friends and people, like do you have people in your world that challenge you? Because you need to be in that 
bigger environment to grow to, like get in a bigger environment. You need to get in a bigger environment to grow. For example, our internship that we have here at church. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't think it's too late. Oh, not too late. Starting on Tuesday, though, if you, you're interested in doing Next Tuesday. Not, no, not this Tuesday, but the next. Oh, well, there you go. Starting on the next Tuesday after that. So you've got a bit of time. You can go to um, the Next Steps zone out there if you're interested. But what interns do, they place themselves in an environment where they can grow. They place themselves in an environment where they get stretched. They place themselves in an environment where they get challenged. I mean, it's not all like, you know, happy, happy, happy being an intern. Wee! I see them on Tuesday. You know, sometimes there's a few tears. Like, because somebody's... Flo- no, no, no. But, but what happens when they're, in a, when, when, they're in a, when they're in an environment, though, they start to get free. They start to get freedom happening. They start to feel free. They start to let go of things that have held them back. They start to let go of that limiting thinking. They, people start to speak into their lives. They've got mentors who speak into their lives, who believe in them, who say, you can do this. You can do this. I see those gifts in you. That's what happens when you put yourself in an environment like that. Challenge yourself. I just want to show you um, a picture. Like, Let's have the first picture. Number one. Oi, look at that. It's a cycad. Oh my gosh. I love, see that in the blue pot there. You know, I'm not even a gardener, like seriously, but I love that cycad. Like when I got that, I'm like, wow, that's the best plant ever. I love it, love it, love it, love it. So I put it in that nice blue pot and I love that blue pot as well. And oh, it's a nice blue pot, isn't it? Wow, it's so good. And, and when I put it in there, it looked amazing, and it grew, it grew, and I thought, oh, this is great, but it stopped growing. I'm like, what's going on with my cycad? Come on, come on, trying to give it a bit of encouragement, wasn't happening, still watering it and all that sort of stuff, was not happening. And then I came to this, you know, got a revelation, realization that it, it couldn't grow any further because its roots had gone as far as the pot would allow it. It couldn't, it was limited. It was limited by the pot. I'm thinking, whoa, it can't grow any anymore. I thought, right, I'm going to put it in a wide open space. And so put it in the garden and then let's have photo number two. I'm excited. Come on. Oh my gosh. Isn't that awesome? Woo! And, and that's you. When you put yourself in an environment that is bigger, an environment where you can grow, an environment where you're challenged, where your gifts can be pulled out of you, you'd be like that big cycad, right? You're going to grow. You're going to stretch. So, so good. Amazing. God wants a big life for you. He put purpose in you. He's got a plan for you. He put gifts in you. You have everything that you need to do the call that God has put on you. And everybody has a call. Don't sit there and think, well, oh, you know, well, maybe, you know, Bruce McCready, he's called, but I'm not. Every person, God, the Bible says, I have a plan for you, declares the Lord. That's for you. You. That's right. You. You, Katie. You, Trish. He's got a plan for you, a plan that he purposed just for you. He gave you the right gifts just for you. He loves you. Today, I believe that God is going to take the lid off. So many of you today, 
you're going to start thinking again about those dreams that you might have put aside, that you might have put to the side, that you might have thought, well, no, no one in my family or no one in my class or no one in something has ever done that. If God has called you to do it and he's given you that word to do it, stand on that word. You can stand. You can believe. Believe for it. So we're going to pray. Like If you could just close your eyes for a moment. If that's you today and, and you feel like, you know what? God has put more in my life. There is untapped potential in me. I know that I'm called to do more. I just want you to raise your hand and I'm going to pray for you. I'm just going to pray that God blesses you, that he pours out so many hands. And same with online. If that's you, put your hand up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you look over all these hands raised, Father. I thank you, Father, that you have a plan for them, that you've purposed them, that you guide them, that you love them, that, Lord, you continue to show them, that you stir them up, you stir them up. Lord, that you, the dreams that they've, they've had on the inside of them, Father, will come to fruition, that you will open doors in Jesus' name, that you bring the right people around in Jesus' name that you bring opportunities in Jesus' name. I see contracts being signed in the name of Jesus. Doors opening, doors opening. Father, release it, release it. Destiny is in this room. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen, amen. Wow, God is so good. I saw different things being dropped into minds, like ideas, not new ideas, ideas that you've had before, but for some reason have put to the side. I believe God is just going to stir you up, stir you up because he, he wants the best for you. He wants you to live large. He wants you to live a life that's in a wide open space, that's spacious, that's alive, that's fruitful. That's green and flourishing. He wants that for you. You might be here today and like you don't actually have a relationship with God. I mean, as I talked about before, I haven't always had a relationship with God myself. Even when I was saying those prayers back in the car, I didn't have a relationship with God. I believed about him, but not no relationship. And back then, I, I was an angry little control freak. I actually thought I was doing okay, because that's the environment I was in. But a friend of mine started going to church, and I just saw how her life changed radically. Crazy. And she encouraged me to go and see for myself. I walked into a church, and things started happening to me on the inside. I, I, I couldn't, can't even explain it. I didn't know whether I was like laughing or crying or whatever, but there was something going on in my heart. And at the end of that, the person that was speaking gave us an opportunity to invite Jesus into our lives. He talked about a Jesus that accepted us just as we were. He talked about a Jesus who loved us. He talked about a Jesus who could give us a fresh start. And you know what? I wanted that. So I responded by raising my hand. I thought, I want that. I want a fresh start. I want to feel like I'm accepted. And when he prayed for me, I felt an overwhelming peace 
a peace like I've never felt before. And not, you know, and something changed in me on the inside from that day forward. And as I've been walking in my journey with God, I'm so different. He's changed me for the better because he's always wanted me to have a wide, open, spacious life, not to live in the smallness that I was. He's always wanted the best for me, but he placed a joy on the inside of me, a joy that just wells up, wells up, wells up, and then just pours out into every area of my life. It doesn't matter what my circumstances are. I know that God is with me and he's for me. And I want to give you that same opportunity to know a God who loves you and accepts you. So you might be here and you've never had a relationship with God. Very soon I'm going to ask you to respond by raising your hand. And then we're just going to say a prayer, like from your seat, uh, to invite God into your life. Or you might be here and you once had a relationship with God, but for some reason you've walked away. And you know today... God's speaking to you. He wants you to rededicate. He wants you to give his, give your life to him today. Or you might be here and you've been coming for a while, but you know that you're not 100% in relationship with God. You haven't really given, given it all over. You've only put like one little net down and maybe not even that. But today that you know, today you want to make that decision and be all in ensure that you're going to heaven. So if I can ask you to just close your eyes and bow your head. If you're here today and you're one of those three types of people, either you've never had a relationship with God, but you know that you want one, or you want to rededicate your life to him, or you want to be sure that you're 100% going to heaven. Right now, I just want you to raise your hand just quickly. We'll set. Thank you, sir. I see your hand down the back. Thank you. Down the front here. Who else is there that wants to have a relationship with God? I know that there's more people here today, a God that loves you. It's not about, you know, I'm a good person, I'm going to go to heaven. You can only go to heaven through inviting Jesus into your life. You become a new creation. All old things are washed away. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you were brought up. It doesn't matter where you've been. Jesus loves you. And he wants to have a relationship with you. Thank you, sir. I see your hand over there. Who else is there today that wants to have a relationship with a God, a God that wants to lead you and guide you into that spacious life? I still feel like there's someone else here today. I feel your heart beating. You can do it. Be bold. Have courage. God loves you. He wants you. He's after you. Who else is there today? I don't want to go past that moment. This is your opportunity. Don't go home and say, you know, I wish I'd said that prayer. And same with you online. If you're watching and you know it's you, just respond at home by raising your hand because we're going to say a prayer together. Is there anyone else? I'm going to look just quickly one more time over to my right, over to the center. Get involved over to the left. 
if those that raise their hand, if you can just raise it one more time so I can see you because I want to pray for you. Yeah, one, two, and over there. Thank you. You can put your hand down now. Like, so we're going to say a prayer. I'm going to say it, and then if you repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today, and I invite you into my heart. Thank you that you love me, that you died on a cross for me and my sin. I'm turning to you to follow you. I love you, God. I renounce the devil and all his ways. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Show me how to live. I thank you that I am forgiven. I am set free and I'm going to heaven. In Jesus' name. I'm just going to pray for those that raise their hands. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for those that accepted you today into their hearts. I thank you, Father, for the wisdom that you're going to pour out upon them, Father. I just pray, Lord, that you would put them with great people, Father, that will lead them along, Father, in this bigger environment that they're going to get in, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to grow them, that you're going to stretch them, that they will come to know you more and more, that you are amazing, God, that we glorify you, we magnify you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen.